from Washington, D.C. This is Backroom Politics with moderator Justin Russell. And hello out there in Radio Land. It is time for the best political talk show you've never heard of. It is Backroom Politics from Studio A in Podcast Village in Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C. Joining me as they do every episode to my left here in the studio, he is the former Undersecretary of Commerce for International Trade. He is the one we know as the Honorable Alan Moore. Hello, Alan. Hello, Justin. And directly across from me at my 12 o'clock, he is the retired one-star admiral from your United States Navy. He is Admiral Ken Carradine. Hello, Admiral. New gents, how are you? What's going on? Uh, Dan Lipner Esquire should be joining us here in the studio very shortly. He's going to be dramatically late, as he usually is. <laughs> and we'll have other players joining in, uh, of course, running the show, keeping us honest. Rob, the engineer behind the glass, and our producer, Audrey Howerton, is somewhere out there in an undisclosed location in upstate New York at a spa. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. I, I can't believe how much we have to talk about. Uh, the, the, the one thing we will talk about, let's get this out of the way. Uh, Congressman King, the Republican from Iowa, who, as of within the past hour, has been pretty much decried and stripped of all power in his position in the House of Representatives. Uh, Why is this happening? Well, for the umpteenth time, Congressman King, uh, Stephen King, not Peter King of New York, this is Congressman King of Iowa, has yet again made stupid race baiting comments as like such as the comments he made which got him censured today hey what's wrong with white supremacy why is that such a bad word um admiral ken they 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 have done everything they have now censored him they have now pretty much stripped him of all power inside the party and inside the house of representatives he's been neutered in his ability to represent his district in iowa was what he said enough to at least force his resignation, if not bounce him out of Congress? Uh, probably. And and what you what you what you may be picking up on my voice on this is, you know, this is this is probably the second or third time that that Congressman King has has opened his mouth and said something inappropriate for a person or in, in, in in his role. <laughs> um. And two, um, I, I think that the other part of what you're hearing from me is that um, the Republican Party that you and I joined as young men uh, would have kicked them to the curb. But we've got a new Republican Party now, a new reality, and I'm not entirely sure that they can do much, that they have it within themselves to do much more to him than what's already been done as of today. Alan Moore, is, is Congressman King done? I mean, is, is this just a formality now before we see him either res- resign or he gets bounced? I don't know. I don't know what his other what, what his other options are in life. Um, it, it's it, it's been a while before it, it took an awful lot for for the Republicans to take this action. Um, uh, it, it's it's been many 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 instances over a number of years, and then this was kind of the final straw. Um, came coming at a very awkward time, um, given the results of the, of the elections last November. So he was basically stripped of all of his committee memberships. He is no longer a member of the Judiciary Committee or the Agriculture Committee um, and or any other committee. Um, and he sits on the sidelines now for a while. Yeah. Having said that, it's not, you know, the, 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 the sanctions beyond that, and those are severe. Censure is an embarrassment. 
typically, historically, these kinds of actions would lead a person to resign, but not necessarily. Remember, he was just elected in November, too. So you have this respect for what the public, in, in, the, his constituents want, and a respect for the institution, for the party, and so on. Historically, you'd see usually a person resign, right. but not automatic, not necessarily. And, you know, beyond that, a body could vote to expel him, right. but but I don't think that that is in the cards. I don't think they will can, vote to expel well, him. Well, let me go to you, Alan, one more time. Can, can Congressman King represent his district in Iowa effectively, being that he has no committee assignments? He has absolutely been neutered in the party and neutered inside the House of Representatives. Can he be effective as a backbencher? Well, he... <laughs> It's not like he was carrying an enormous amount of authority before. Um, he just doesn't have committees now. He still has a vote. He can go to the floor. He can't. He cannot act in committee. And a lot of business happens in committee. Not as much if you're in the minority as if you're in the majority. And of course, the Republicans are now in the minority. But you go to hearings. You ask right. questions. You you have a vote in committee on things. You have some potential influence in the committee. Right. He was going to be the ranking member of a subcommittee of the Judiciary Committee. Now he's got nothing like that. But right. he is still a member, and he still will will vote on all matters that come before the full House. Uh, Admiral Ken, because I want there's, there's other breaking news that I want to talk about today, but this is the latest, uh, is Congressman King issued a statement after an hour-long meeting with Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy of California. And basically said that this is, you know, this is my First Amendment right. Do you buy that argument? I mean, are we, are, is the House Rules Committee and House leadership, are they messing with his First Amendment rights? Well, he's absolutely right. He's got a right to say anything he wants to, just like anybody else sitting right. around this table. But when you are say- Are there consequences? There's consequences, yeah. absolutely. He's got a right to say whatever he wants to say. God right. bless him. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. We're going to move on. Uh, the other big news today here in Washington, D.C., other than the fact that this is now day 25 of the Trump government shutdown, uh, which we will get to later on the broadcast. But the other big news happening in Washington today was uh, the Trump nominee for the attorney general, the former attorney general, Bill Barr, it went in front of Senate Judiciary today, uh, largely... Expected, well-received. Bill Barr is a very respected former attorney general, very uh, respected legal authority. The question on everybody's mind is, is he going to put the special counsel's investigation under Robert Mueller in jeopardy? Uh, The Alan, I don't know if you saw the testimony today. I don't know if you saw the hearing. It seems to me that... What I would expect, the, the the Bill Barr that I know, would would absolutely say what he said today, as in, I will follow the law. I am not going to put the, the, the special counsel's investigation should finish. I am not going to put that in jeopardy. The only thing that he kind of wavered on was executive privilege, which he's been a hawk on for years. Is, is there reason for Mueller backers to be concerned about the what appears to be smooth confirmation of William Barr for AG. 
I don't. Uh, okay, I did not see any of the the okay. the committee meeting today. I had a committee meeting of my own today. Oh, uh, elsewhere. Okay. But but um, uh, but I but I did read the reports of his his testimony and a little bit of the heard a few of the reports about how the hearing went. It it went about the way I w- would have expected, given his history. He. he when he was in his early 40s, he was the attorney general of the United States. That's not easy to do. Um, he was kind of a wunderkind, a, a really brilliant uh, lawyer um, uh, who started at the CIA and been a been a court of appeals uh, clerk. Um, so then he was in private practice, but dabbled in politics the way people do in Washington oftentimes. Um, he, he got into trouble um, with a, a ninth. 18-page single-spaced memo that he wrote to to friends in the administration um, uh, last year, in which he raised questions about the, the the Mueller investigation and sort of its its legal grounds, legal standing. He's had a lot of explaining to do, but he's a smart guy, and there are those who think that he wrote that memo in, in part to get himself. Into the ice, into the field of view of of the White House, and the expectation that Jeff Sessions was not going to survive as Attorney General, and this president, much as he likes to argue differently, does not have the pick of the litter when he wants to go find new cabinet people. There are a lot of highly qualified people who simply say, "No, not me." So, so having, but 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 I don't I don't have a quarrel with him for that. This is kind of his last his last shot. He's in his is in his late sixties now. Um, I don't see any major problem going forward. I think he acquitted himself well. He said basically two things. One, I am fully committed to making sure that the Mueller investigation gets complete. And two, I I am a full supporter of of, of high level of transparency into the findings uh, of the Mueller uh, uh, of the Mueller investigation. Right. You know, he can't promise that 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 he would recommend that everything be released. And the White House is going to have something to say right. about that. Admiral Ken, go ahead. Uh, I did. I did watch a, a substantial portion of it this afternoon. Um, I think that um, the White House, uh, namely the president, should be really worried. I think if he was looking for an attorney general uh, nominee that would do his bidding, uh, whatever convinced him um, that that Bill Barr was that guy. I think he uh, may have been again asleep at the switch. Bill Barr is not going to be a pushover for him, and I can come up with a five-little word that better describes that um, that I can't use on the air, but uh, Bill Barr is not that guy. And I think the White House is going to be very surprised that, you know, he, he was Mr. Law and Order when he was the uh, the Attorney General before, uh, and I don't believe that he suffers from the same malady that many others in the Republican Party suffer from, in that uh, he is not, not consumed copious uh, quantities of the Trump Kool-Aid uh, that would uh, push his judgment um, uh, away from what should be the right thing to do. Now, I fully reserve the right to be wrong on that, but based on everything I've seen so far today and what I've read, uh, what I've read about him previously, uh, I think we're going to get a square shooter and uh, someone who is going to be much better able to stand up to the um, the shots. Uh, that the president will will eventually take at him, like the ones that he took at Je- he took at uh, Jeff Sessions. Yeah, and surprisingly, uh, we saw the new chairman 
of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, we're used to seeing uh, Chuck Grassley, the former Republican or the Republican senator who's still on judiciary, but a very distinct, a very uh, direct um, hearing run by uh, run run by uh, uh, the senator from South Carolina it is it is the fact that we're seeing Lindsey Graham running the hearing, even though you know as chairman. Is is it an indication that Lindsey Graham is kind of letting letting it flow? We don't see the contentious arguing that we saw under like the Kavanaugh hearings. Is that an indication that uh, pretty much this is going to go smoothly, or is there another shoe to drop on this one? Yeah, I, I don't think it has to do particularly in this case with Graham. There's a huge difference between an attorney general uh, and a Supreme Court justice, and also um, as Ken has pointed out. Um, this is a guy who's who, who's got a reputation, who has a history, has experience, has a lot of uh, earned respect over the years. Um, and uh, if if anybody in the White House thought he was going to be a pushover, then they should be fired. Because, uh, but I don't know that that was their thinking. Um, I think they realized we're going to have some trouble here getting somebody confirmed. We need someone with some stature uh, and someone with some credibility because we can't just be certain that our Republicans will get into line if, for example, the current acting Attorney General Whitaker were to have been nominated. I don't think that Republicans that would have been that would have been an absolute think, dumpster fire. I don't think they would have stood for that, even though I don't have a big complaint with with how he's behaved. I think he's really nervous about his future employment uh, prospects. Um but but uh, with regard to Graham, I don't. Although I didn't watch the the, the hearing, he's an experienced hand. He they set up the rules. You everybody gets fifteen minutes. We kind of know what the sort what what questions are going to be asked by uh, the Democrats. Are going to spend a lot of time looking at that nineteen page memo um, and and looking for assurances that Mueller is not going to be interrupted. He's going to be able to to do and say uh, whatever he wants, and that the that the findings uh, by and large will will be made public. Um, that's what they're looking for, and I don't think he's in any kind of a position to renege on that. It's not in his history, and he does not want to be impeached. Right. Joining us in studio, he is Dan Lipner, Esquire. Daniel, first of all, good to see you. Always good to have you here. You as well. Happy New Year, man. Happy and New Year. the you obviously have been following the whole Bar Bar con, uh, Bill Bar conversation and confirmation today. Diane Feinstein said something that kind of made—it was interesting to me. It was an interesting comment— uh, she basically said he's doing well, which from Dianne Feinstein's almost like a gold star for a Republican AG nominee is it, it, it strikes me that her saying that the Democrats are not worried about him coming in and throwing a hand grenade under the Mueller investigation. Is that a safe is that a safe observation? No, no. Why? There's no telling exactly what it is that we don't know and what we do know. So. Um, the conversations that have had been had about the Mueller investigation are obviously high on everyone's priority list, but the still, as I'm sure we've already discussed, the the somewhat troubling uh, uh, writing that he had about the fundamental flaws with the Mueller investigation are still looming over his confirmation. Diane Feinstein, who's been around the block more than a little bit, um, 
saying that he's doing well is not negative, but I wouldn't put a, a huge ringing endorsement around it either. It's just a, a safe way of getting past that particular interview. But, but you, you mentioned the write-up, and even he addre- even uh, Barr addressed that today in the hearing by saying that was a law review opinion I wrote that I will still adhere to as Attorney General the law. Why should Americans or why should the Democrats be concerned about Barr and that law review write-up, even though he's already confirmed the fact it was opinion? Because everything having to do with this investigation and this White House should cause concern. I am far long past being able to say, yes, matter as a matter of fact, this would never happen. How many times have we uttered those <laughs> phrases in in response to anything Donald Trump has done, his campaign, his election, how he's run his administration? The idea that he that he will simply adhere and have his uh, a, attorney general, assuming he is confirmed, continue to follow the statements that he had made during a confirmation process, I am not willing to put 100% trust in that. And that's not, not an indictment against him. It's just the situation we are in at the moment. Admiral, Admiral Ken, do you agree with Dan? Should, should Democrats and independents that believe any Republican AG is going to go into the DOJ and just destroy the Mueller investigation, is there a concern? I think the word of the day for the remainder of the Trump administration is skepticism in copious amounts. Really? Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Alan Moore? You, you, they've both said it. The history of over two years is things are never what they seem or, if they're, or, or they're always vulnerable and subject to change. That doesn't mean that Bill Barr is subject to change or being dishonest. I think that, that, that uh, we, we did about as well as we could have done in terms of uh, the people who were picked. A lot of us were surprised that, that, that he, he went with, with a established uh, and known name. Um, a lot of us were surprised that Barr said yes. <laughs> well, less so, less so. I mean, if you if you have been in that world and you're 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 at a place in your career where you're thinking this is my last shot. Gosh, I wish it had been under a different president, but it's my last shot. He was Why already not? the AG. That's what so, surprises me. No, 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 yeah, no, no, he was a caretaker AG. He was he, at he the was, end. He was there for about for a year and a half. He he oversaw some interesting stuff. Nobody ever heard of him because Rumsfeld was, was he, sick deaf twice. Um, he had a, there's who's nothing, the other guy? You know, it's not like just because you've done it once, you don't, would never want to do it again. He's been in private practice for a long time. If you've ever if you've ever sort of tasted. Uh, a taste of the ice cream of service at a very high level, and then you move on. It is on. good to be king. It's nice. It's, <laughs> it's fun to be back. It's it it's uh, it's it's worthy stuff. And he and you don't get to pick he, your president. Um, you don't get to pick your president. But okay, you're watching this. You're watching this dumpster fire continue. Like, hey, you know what? You know what would be fun? I'll be AG. Thanks, Mr. President. Yeah, I mean, the, it's it's worth noting that the this president. And his rabid fans that are out there are capable of some pretty horrendous things. And being AG under this president who is under investigation, as we've learned for lots of different things, 
puts you in the line of fire for anything that Donald Trump is I mean, unhappy let me be about. Clear, let me be clear about one thing. Bill Barr is cleaner than my mother's kitchen floor. No, no, well, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not disparaging him at all. Yeah. I'm saying if he something is crosses... his mother, though. That is, <laughs> wow. That's harsh. Any, anything that Donald Trump saint. disagrees with from the Department of Justice, and we've seen as much, Donald Trump will turn his rabid lunatic fans against them, and that is not necessarily a comfortable position to be in. But Some I, of them show up. Go ahead. Hold on. Go ahead. I, okay. And I think, I, I, as I said before, I, I think Barr is probably the one guy who can weather that storm uh, as good as, if not better, than his predecessor. Uh, I think he, 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 can, he can do that. Uh, again, um, he is... He is I think when the when when the when the president and his team uh, decided to nominate him, I really think based on that 19-page memo that they were getting uh, a, their guy. But I think I think Barr is going to surprise them. I think it's going to surprise us all. The real question is: the next time they orchestrate one of those Trump love fest events, as we all recalled <laughs> during uh, one of Trump's, because we saw how well that worked out for the people. In the administration during that time, right? But everyone still did it during a cabinet meeting. They went around, and every every cabinet member, no, except oh, for Mattis, Mattis did not. Mattis, well, okay. In fairness, Mattis did not. But neither, Whitt- neither did Lighthizer. Just for the record, all right. Oh, that's true. Okay, that's true too. That is true. That, but, that is but true. Whit- Whitaker did it as first opportunity. It wasn't even scripted for him to do it. <laughs> The, the thing, the thing about that, I mean, it was, it was a fascinating thing for us to see. There was so much ridicule about that particular. Well, we, we got We're not going to see it again. No, no, we'll never see. We that saw again. it right after the tax signing. Well, it will. It, uh, <laughs> that's arguable, but uh, we, we've, we've got a, a, a lot to cover. Obviously, uh, before we go to break, the, the issue with the attorney general is the. Is the Mueller investigation safe under William Barr, Attorney General? Dan Lipner first. Maybe. Admiral Ken? Safer under him than Whitaker. Yep. Alan Moore? You think it's safe? Yep. I agree. I agree. The, the correct answer is yes, it's safe. I have faith. Out of anything in this organization, out of anything in this administration, you know, out of all the craziness, I have some faith in William Barr being Attorney General. If Thank Tiffany God. Trump, Trump had uh, were, had graduated <laughs> law school, she would be the next nominee. <laughs> the one thing that Barr has is the the ability to resign. That's it, true. In the moment, and won't ruin his career. It will likely help That's it. True. And and yeah. uh, he's he's carrying a lot of power right That's now. That's true. That is it's true. Once, once, and, once he's confirmed. And by the way, uh, Dan. Dan Lipner gets five points for making the first Tiffany Trump reference of the year here on Backroom Trump. Here on Backroom Trump. Here on Backroom Trump. Oh, God. I'm done. I'm done. Is that a plus five points or minus five points? No, it's a Tiffany Trump reference. I think Nick, it show be me another, minus five. Show me another B-list political talk show that will actually utter the words Tiffany Trump on live air. I don't want to be associated with that. Well, well it's too late. Anyway. Uh, we're going to take a we, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk about the breaking news coming out of the New York Times and Washington Post over the weekend. But like I said, this is the best political talk show you've never heard of. B-list. This is backroom politics B-list. from no, it's a list now. You from, we're in Studio A from Podcast Village in Upper Georgetown. We'll be back in a minute. I believed and trusted. Now I'm disgusted. I found him out. Had a showdown. But 
I think of him, how much I love him. I get a desperate notion. That's the way I feel today. My heart is aching because he's making a plaything of my devotion. That's the way I feel today. Without any reason or a word to say, that man turned his keys in, he packed and went away. What good is living? I'll soon be giving my body up to the ocean. That's the way I feel today. Papa 
Washington, D.C. This is Backroom Politics with moderator Justin Russell. And we're back here with the best political talk show you've never heard of. It is Backroom Politics, live from Studio A in Podcast Village in Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C. I'm your host, moderator Justin Russell. Obviously here with me, Dan Lipner, Admiral Ken Carradine, and Alan Moore. And we've got, obviously, Rob the Engineer behind the glass keeping us in line. Uh, the... The big news over the weekend, in case you didn't hear about it, there are questions, I guess, that are being raised by two articles. The first one in the New York Times, the second one in the Washington Post. Let's go over the first one. The New York Times article uh, basically has come out and... Um, Alan, how would you, how would you describe the accusation? And I, I want to make sure I get this accurate. I wouldn't describe it as an accusation. What, what I would d- describe, describe the reporting. So, so the, the reporting was that that the FBI, when it was beginning to look at the question of collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russians during the uh, during the presidential campaign also began to wonder whether it was possible that the president, the president himself, was either the knowing or unknowing partner of Russian interests. So they began to take a sort of a parallel look. These, these, these two subjects are connected. So, so collusion, uh, so there, there, there was an obstruction of justice question of whether the the president was uh, was trying to stop an investigation, and then this collusion issue of whether he was working with the Russians, um, the, the FBI decided to take this look as to whether the president himself, possibly knowing, knowingly, um, was was collaborating with the with the Russians, and if not knowingly, perhaps unknowingly operating in ways that was helping uh, Russian interests. So that was the news. That was the reporting. Um, When Mueller came along, those two strains of thought were put together under Mueller. I don't find myself any of it so shocking. 
but some people did. The president was 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 angry about it. Um, found it very insulting. The, Wait, do you mean like shocking, like the, new, or the, shocking, the like uh, that? This how dare was you ever ask made. me the question? <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, it, it, I mean, that's just one line of of reporting, which Dan Lipner, correct me if I'm wrong, is if the FBI was looking at this. If the FBI and there's a special agent in charge that has to give the green light to begin. An investigation such as this. Counterintelligence investigation. Right, which which it was. But there's a special agent in charge. Somebody had to green light that investigation prior to. Actually, I, I think our tenses need to be clarified. Was is not clear. It could still be an is. There could be well, that, ongoing that leads, investigation. Well, that leads to, my, that leads to my, my theory on this is when we talk about the investigation, when we talk about the fact that there was or still may be a counterintelligence operation focused on the then-presidential candidate, now-president Donald Trump, I have to believe that if the FBI and a field office in the FBI's counterterrorism division had this information that pretty much— Counterterrorism or counterintelligence? Or counterintelligence, uh, counterintelligence operation. I, I would also venture to say that it's probably a safe assumption that— Robert Mueller has that same data and could be using that as a point in his investigation. Is is that a out of line assumption? Um, it might be a little much to assume that he has all of it, but to say that there is absolutely conversations about it have, taking place between the Mueller investigator it, investigators and the FBI, I think, is a safe assumption. I mean, there's. I cannot imagine anything more classified and sensitive than the Department of Justice investigating a sitting president of the United States. On top of that, there is a counterintelligence element while the FBI uh, acts domestically. Uh, there is a FBI and CIA element for this, for anything, for the, for the attachments that involve foreign, foreign powers outside of the United States. This is now, now this, this is true. The CIA, this is the not CIA may have been uh, questioned or been part of the investigation. Again, let's be clear: the CIA cannot actively investigate anybody in the United States that is they may illegal. not act domestically. They, they may be well. That that too may be true. Alan Moore. Well, the the CIA's role in this and the NSA, National Security Agency, uh, the intelligence services, would be to provide any backup information about communications between the the, the White House, the Trump campaign, the president himself. Um, so, in terms of information, if you were going to if you were going to investigate, then you would want to go find out what what you could about communication between those two, not just. For the purposes of, of an election, but for broader purposes of trying to actually be supportive of somehow the interests of, of Russia. That, that's that's the, the real question here. We don't know about what evidence exists. What we know is or what 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 these stories say is in the course of looking at the collusion question and then the obstruction of justice in the firing of Comey, the question arose. Gosh, what if the president is purposefully trying to promote the interests of Russia? Let's look into that. Let's consider whether there's that possibility. And if he wasn't doing it intentionally, perhaps unintentionally, his behavior was having that effect 
let's have a look. I think that was where that investigation started. It wasn't with necessarily evidence that suggested it. It was circumstances that caused them to say, but, let's go okay, but, explore but as, Well, there, is, let, there is that chunk of money that is sitting there uh, for implementing Russian sanctions that, last I checked, still has gone unspent. There, that there, Congress there, there is the fact, close to unanimously passed. There is the fact that, that, that um, when they had the famous Trump Tower meeting, uh, rather than just say what the meeting was about, the president helped draft a complete BS statement um, uh, about the other subject of the meeting. I, I think the thing that I, that, I, that I have that I'm challenged with here is not so much the belief or uh, on the part of somebody in the FBI that this is something that they should have taken a look at. What concerns me uh, are the yet to be uh, is, is the yet to be heard um, onslaught of people screaming deep state on this. You know, the, the FBI's reputation has already been pilloried by this president. Um, and there are people that are walking around thinking that the FBI, much like the media, are the enemy of the people. And they're not. And, you know, they, they got plenty of reason, plenty of good reason, just just some of which have been discussed here as to whether they should look at this or not. But, again, get ready for it because it's coming. It's, I mean, and, 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 there's also another element of this. What's uh, that? There's another agency. Mnuchin's uh, visit to the Hill giving his classified briefing about Russia and the sanctions and the Russian oligarch issues that uh, Treasury was looking at uh, lifting uh, some of the sanctions on. And the Democrats, at least, came out unanimously and were pissed of how little information came from a classified intelligence briefing from the Secretary of the Treasury. This was not an insignificant moment. And but I, w- I want to go back. I want. And, and I agree with you. But I want to go back to something that uh, a point that Alan was saying is that again. You know, we have to be cognizant of the fact that there is the FBI just does not go on hearsay. They've got. They're not going to just spin their wheels on an investigation, particularly one as politically sensitive as this. It, what 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 scares me more is the fact that there actually may have been a case file opened on this that the FBI felt there is enough smoke here to put an investigative team on it, which means that that does not bode well for the Trump White House. The problem is there has to be a messenger who basically is purer than Mother Teresa to deliver it because they're going to find something to prove they kicked a cat when they were 12 years old and therefore you can't believe anything they say. So this is the deep state folks that will go down any rabbit hole to try and discredit somebody. There is clearly something. We don't know the extent of what, but there is a something. Yeah. And and, and Alan, is it something that the White House should be actively concerned about? Well, anytime you got the FBI... um, investigating you and or your people, you need to be concerned, no matter what you think you did or didn't do. Uh, This president has always maintained his innocence in all things while proceeding to act in ways that that looked like he's guilty. So yes, while so, in bed with his it, mistress, he'll this, say she wasn't there. The, the, this is this <laughs> is one of these things where it sort of looks like a duck, wa- walks a little like a duck. It may not be a duck. So, but <laughs> but, but it may but not. Trump, but it Trump will not. say it's it, actually it, it, a seagull. Not, he will say but, it's the most beautiful golden goose ever. But <laughs> but the FBI looking at this stuff says, well, let's go have a look. It was a year and a half ago that they did this, I believe. It was June of last year, if I of, of 2017, I think, um, when they when they started that piece. We don't know 
what, if anything, has occurred since then. We know that they would have had a preliminary look and they may have backed off. They may have dug in more deeply. We don't know. So we'll wait on the Mueller investigation. It's part of the Mueller investigation. Which is fair, but I'll you know also understand the fact that a you know the, the Mueller investigation is one thing that may just be in the report. An active FBI uh, counterintelligence file open could lead to criminal charges separate from the special counsel's office. Boy, I my understanding is this stuff is all it's in, intertwined in, in, in the Mueller world now. Right. Well. I mean, he has to use FBI people for everything he's doing. But if that wasn't enough, Admiral Ken, the Washington Post reported over the weekend that in pretty much every meeting with Putin and and other foreign leaders, the president of the United States pretty much destroyed or took out, and there's no record of any of the discussions, including the infamous Helsinki meeting, but also in meetings at other world events, such as last year's G20, etc. That is also a big concern. What can we read from that, or what should we be concerned about about that well, reporting? Well, Alan, Alan kind of said it best, and that's the fact that you know at, at every turn when the president, you know, right after the president professes his innocence and in, in, uh, in anything uh, untoward, uh, he turns around and he acts like a guilty person. Um, you know, one of the things about this administration that um, we continually come back to, even at the beginning of the show, is that they are doing things that are not only counterintuitive, but uh, counter-traditional as to how things have been done before. Um, the thing that, that concerns me, probably more than anything else, uh, is the other uh, news uh, story that came out this weekend, is that the president was seriously trying to pull us out of NATO. Seriously trying to pull us out of well, NATO. Well, we're going to talk about that but, on, but, at but, a later but, show. But, 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 the yeah. notes, but the notes that that uh, were taken during those meetings have, have gone into the wind. How close did we come to dismantling the, the one of the main um, agreements that's kept the the, um, the the Western Western world free from uh, from from the communists in the I, last thirty years? I would and, challenge again, anyone, out, not only on the show but out there listening to us, name one thing this president has done to challenge Putin at all, anything. Well, according to him, he say he's been the toughest on Russia ever. Well, you know. Be that as it may, uh, I think. Wait, no, no, but, no, but Dan's Dan's oh, no, comment no, no, is I, correct. I, I, he's absolutely right, and I guess the point that I'm making is, boy, if we had those notes, we could probably come up with something. Now, couldn't we? Also, yeah. arguably, a violation of the, of the Presidential Records Act. I him, just brought this up. You know what? It's funny. Those notes. It's funny you said that. I, I brought that up to two people, including uh, Charlie, who's the proprietor of Podcast Village, our host here, and I was telling him, look, until if for no other reason, the president committed a crime. It may be a misdemeanor, but he still committed a crime in destroying papers we that are covered. We don't know under... what he did with those papers. If Let's the... be careful, guys, when we're saying he committed a crime. Um, he took them. Allegedly. He did not share them. Allegedly. We... Allegedly. So, fair point. He allegedly, t- allegedly took them. We don't know what he did. But even we him know, taking we, them we is a violation of the presidential records act. Do you know that for a fact? It, no, you no, don't. No, no, taking them, no, is, no, no, no taking and destruction you know, are different it, things. They have, yeah. to, they have to be filed and recorded, here, here, and presidential they, documents are, are kind of a special and recorded? deal. Wait, 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 the wait, question wait, is, somebody's no. got to know where they are, and I'm certain they're classified, so, but if the accusations are true, this is ripe for investigation, either 
by the Inspector General's office right. or or Congress. Congress. And now we have a branch of government but, that's actually right finish. to do Let me that. let Alan finish. So we, we, it, it was suggested before that we've 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 got a president who doesn't follow tradition and follows gut instinct, intuition. Those are those are those are two things that are true, and they. And and they are in conflict with each other, especially when your intuition is so ill-formed and inexperienced as this president. He is trying to do as president what he presumably did in his own company. He kept secrets. He he caused people to work against each other. He changed his mind on a dime. Everybody got behind him because he was the big guy, the big boss. He what, hired people what, in the country illegally. What, what happened? What remember what what happened early on in a couple of conversations he had with foreign leaders? The the leader, uh, the prime minister of Australia, um, the 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 prime minister of Spain. I think he had conversations that had highly sensitive and potentially embarrassing to him because he didn't know what he was talking about, and it showed reports within days were circulated in the press and there were only a handful of people who knew this stuff who let it out the president was furious they did a big leak search and the president was logically had, had some logical concern that people around him were going to take anything they heard and go use it to embarrass him i'm not saying that that explains or forgives what he was doing with with uh, conversations with Putin, I think it was insane to not figure out what people he could trust, at least have a circle of three or four people, his chief of staff, national security advisor, maybe a, a deputy, head of the CIA, some group that he could share information with under some arrangement that it wouldn't get shared more broadly because he didn't want to be embarrassed. But this guy thinks, I can talk about this stuff. And I think I'm going to just keep it secret for the time being. He forbade the the interpreter from 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 giving a readout right. to the Secretary of State, which you would think you would think that the norm. one person that's traditional, but, but it runs contrary to to this guy's instincts. Wait, 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 wait. Having been burned, wait, wait, wait. But you let's were talking not about say he you, broke you the law when he did I, that. Okay, I I would argue I would argue the fact that. If he did not immediately hand it over, any 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 cop would say, "Okay, that needs to be investigated." He is supposed to document these meetings, and under the Presidential Records Act, these documents are supposed to be the custody of the archives. They are not. Nobody knows where they are. I think that's a very big concern, and he won't even read out. On high-level meetings with whether it's Putin, Erdogan, whether it's Theresa May or Angela Merkel, whoever, the fact that he does not read out those contents of the meeting to his own secretary of state, his chief foreign diplomat, is hugely disturbing to and, me. And you know what? I, and, and I, I, Admiral Ken. I, I tell you, Alan, Alan, Alan makes a good point. So, one— yeah, he makes several good points. Well, one of one of the points that he made was as to why the president does this. And if you go back to the the meeting that the president had um, with the uh, one of the first NATO meetings, where he came out and professed that, "Hey, I got everybody ante up," and then the president of France came out and said, "No, no, that's not how that went." Uh, he is basically looking to construct a situation where it's a he said, she said, and his thirty five percent or so are always going to fall in line behind him. But but Justin's right. 
you know, the, the, the rules are that at the end of these situations, if documents are created, those documents belong to the American people, not to the president of the United States. And if he did not uh, do as he was supposed to, Dan's right, this opens up yet another opportunity for the House to basically go go ask some questions. Yeah, it's, it's almost said as though that we that's had their a... intention. The House has said we're going oh, yeah, to find out. Well, yeah. should. We'll call up the interpreter. We'll, we'll yeah. subpoena people. Yeah, well, and it's already been leaked that the president's going to claim executive privilege with the interpreter, we'll, which is going to be a good challenge for Attorney General Barr. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> now, you know? now, I mean, it, it, that is a wor- it is a worthy question for debate whether or not it is executive privilege, especially since the president is still the point person on foreign policy. It's where the presidency is at its zenith. However, but the law is the law. I no, mean, no, you're talking right, about you're but, talking but, about executive but, privilege versus following the letter of the law and the presidential record. Right, no, well, the, but the two are not necessarily mutually exclusive. You can exert executive privilege to create the record and keep it sealed for whatever the maximum period of time the Presidential Records Act and classified materials can be sealed under. But you may not destroy it. That is a fundamental difference. Oh. So they can assert it. But they better assert it with it in, it in hand with lawyers saying, hi, yeah, we have this thing and this is what we, why we are not doing this. If they cannot say it is here and bring it to a judge in camera and say, listen, it exists, we didn't destroy it, then there's clearance that he might not have destroyed it. If they're just talking about this hypothetically and a judge says, I want proof that this document exists, that's a different question. All of which can happen. But can't, I mean, we're getting way into the weeds on this stuff, but it is a good discussion point. But the bottom line here is should these two articles be of concern to the American electorate, Alan Moore? Well, yes, they should, because we'd like to think that that important communication between our president and other heads of state. Allies or enemies are preserved and utilized by the collective body of smart people that we hope uh, uh, are, are working in this government and are not the sole province of the, of, of the president whose ability to assimilate, to reflect, uh, and to act upon in a consistent way uh, is fails us again and again and again. It doesn't guarantee that... That, that it will lead to good decisions, but it's just really dangerous for our current, our, our short and long-term interests for, for information that's highly relevant is not shared even among a handful of the most senior and trusted advisors. That's the scary part here. Dan? So a little bit of history of why the Presidential Records Act exists and what Alan said is absolutely correct. Uh, it it's the offshoot of both uh, President Johnson and President Nixon. Uh, when Johnson left the White House, supposedly uh, Air, uh, what was Air Force One, flying traditionally back on the plane, which is no longer called Air Force One. Uh, pre- no, the Same former twenty six hundred. Yeah, 2600. President Johnson uh, made a request that the pilot of the plane immediately called back to uh, Andrews like, "Um, yeah, I just want to make sure this is okay." The president said he wanted everything. 
And the response was, well, like all of his papers and stuff. He's like, no, no, everything, including his chair on the plane, it was viewed as his. And this is all predates the Presidential Records Act. Also, the Nixon administration, we know for a fact there were lots of issues with documents being kept. So the Presidential Records Act was in response to all of that. And to Alan's point, the importance of keeping information well, the, there, yeah. all former presidents, and it was all part of the act as well, former presidents still continue to get classified security briefings because they might offer something to the table for the current occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Correct. So those things exist for a reason, and it's for the security of the country, not just the guy who sits in the, behind the desk. I mean, this is a matter of national security, Admiral Ken. I mean, this is something that when you were talking about the the chief executive not conferring with his chief diplomat on meetings with foreign, I mean, that basically leaves Pompeo, that leaves Secretary Pompeo in the dark, which is a dangerous move. And Trump then can't get mad when Pompeo says something. And it counterdicts something he might have said. And now you know why Tillerson had the attitude that he did. Oh, that makes sense, too. Okay. All right. With that, uh, I thought, oh, go, go and, ahead. And why, and why uh, McMaster is long gone from the White House. Yeah. Oh, oh the, uh, to name a few. I thought you were going to go we'll with Trump's suggestion on changing the national Bolton anthem. Makes, no, we no, saw the story? No, we'll, we'll talk about that in another show. All right. With that in mind, we're going, we're going to call it. Uh, by the way... Thank you, Dan, for being in here. As always, we love having you in studio. Alan Moore, Admiral Ken, thank you. Uh, this is the best political talk show you've never heard of. By the way, you can follow us on Backroom at Backroom Politic on Twitter. You can go to our website, www.backroompolitics.org. You can also follow us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash backroompoliticsradio. Uh, Rob Ford. Always keeping it clean. Thank you, Rob the Engineer. Uh, Audrey Howerton at your undisclosed location somewhere in upstate New York. We love you. Uh, we'd love to get you back. And uh, special thing, Eileen Cairdine. They are keeping uh, Rob the Engineer company in the back room there. Uh, you can stay with us. Follow us on Spreaker. Follow us on Blog Talk Radio and your favorite podcast apps. I am but your don't host. Don't follow Ray. Justin Holmes. What's, what's that? But don't follow Justin Holmes. Don't follow me home. That would be bad. <laughs> That's stalking. That's a felony. We'll talk to you next time. This has been Backroom Politics. Have a good one. <laughs>